0: very privileged, excited, <laughs> this has been a long time in the making actually this episode but um, you'll probably recognise if you're watching the video looking at Kevin, very big star, been very busy. <laughs> uh, how long How long is a, a series of Strictly, how much time does it take out of your life?
1: It starts for the pros, well 1st of August the last series started, so beginning of August we do a month, a month of rehearsals yeah. and then it goes right up until the last Saturday before Christmas.
0: And it's almost like from the 1st of August till what like a couple of weeks ago or maybe yeah, not even a weeks ago yeah. so we're now in early January if you're yeah. uh, listening to the recording so six months it's like just getting an email reply from you is. Like <laughs> yeah yeah point, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm unreachable I've got so yeah. many people
1: just going like can you answer my thing that I sent yeah, you me like, you're alive. in September yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah I'm completely unreachable while Strictly's on because I'm just manic of course yeah sorry no
0: no, no don't, <laughs> don't be sorry It's all right it's all right so um Let's set the scene then, in case you don't know Kevin, which I'm sure you do, but if you don't, Kevin, is it four times in a row now you've been runner-up on Strictly? Yes, when yes say, it is. Yeah. I say you, uh, anyway, <laughs> let's save let's that for a bit later on. So how many Strictly's have you done? Four. Four? Yeah, I've okay. It for four years. So Kevin's a professional dancer? Yes. For how long? How long have you been a professional dancer?
1: Uh, professional since 2009.
0: How, how many is that, eight years? Yeah, and you've yeah. been dancing how long? Uh, Since I was four years old, so thirty years. And you've done a lot of stuff. So um, we did a little bit of research, and it's like it doesn't even all fit on this massive (laughs) iPad. But let me just do it anyway. Okay. So you are the current Takes Two Pro Challenge champion. Yeah, yeah. You hold the Guinness Book, uh, the Guinness World Record for the most number of drunken sailors. It, that sounds a bit wrong, yeah, but yeah, yeah,
1: it like, it's a, yeah, it's a it's a dance step, yeah, okay, <laughs> yeah. Fine, yeah.
0: I, I used to be at a down a lot of drunken sailors. <laughs> well, so should I say that? All right, great. <laughs> so you were youth world number one, four-time British Latin champion, won international opens in Italy, Germany, Spain, Portugal, Sweden, Japan, France, Hong Kong, Taiwan, Singapore, Slovenia, Slovakia, Finland. And Belgium, Yes. This is... Man, I'm yeah. excited. This is great. <laughs> uh, on the 17th of December 2016, you became the first professional dancer in the show's history to compete in four consecutive finals.
2: Yes, yeah.
0: yes. Uh, the only professional dancer not to be in the dance-off for the fourth time, uh, you finished runner-up with uh, Louise. Yes. Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. And um, a whole lot more we're going to get into. So, first of I want to say, look, thanks for taking time out of your busy schedule. I know what on Monday you're about to start um, rehearsals again?
1: Uh, rehearsals for the Strictly Tour. Yeah, yeah, so a big arena tour for a month. Um, yeah, it all kicks off on Monday, and also I'll be, probably be unreachable yeah, again. No, for that, that's <laughs> all
0: right. So, uh, Kevin, and actually I, Kevin and I are actually working together as well, aren't we, in helping you yes. with your property business? Yeah, yeah. Um, the sort of the business side of dancing. So, I'm really excited to be working with you on yeah, that, I front. can't wait. But, we'll keep that a bit under wraps for now okay so i want to kind of explore your life as a dancer and then also if we can maybe talk about the sort of business side of it as well yeah the entrepreneur side of it yeah first off what's it like being a dancer on strictly it's full-on yeah
1: yeah it's it's pretty manic as i said we start rehearsals um at the beginning of august all the pros we're in sort of every day doing rehearsals putting all the pro group dances together different choreographers coming in every day to put all that together
0: Do you choreograph as well,
1: well? Not the group dances No no that's all um choreographers outside choreographers mm. that come in and do that which I love because it's just all all these like creative people, um, a host of different people coming in and teaching yeah. us new stuff and new right. styles, new routines. Uh, I love that bit. That goes for August. And then we meet the celebrities. Yeah. And then we do some rehearsals with them and mix about with them, and you, swapping parties. you, you partners, don't get a
0: choice. No. They are, you're no. sort of blind
1: matched. Yeah, that's just putting the launch show together where we yeah. all do a big group number together yeah. and kind of get to meet them all. Yeah. Um, then on the launch show, we're paired up with a celebrity.
2: Yeah.
1: And from then, it's just full on you do the, the schedule really is Monday to Thursday you've got to put the dance together yeah and it depends on the celebrity how much they want to train me and Louise were training for the most part this series 10 a.m till 11 p.m wow I mean she really worked she, hard. yeah didn't she? she really yeah. worked hard um, you don't always get that I think the minimum they have to do is three hours a day and you but, say you don't
0: always get that as in some of them are a bit more lazy yeah, ah. um, I've been quite lucky
1: with mine, <laughs> right. but I know some celebrities that have sort of got by on the minimum that they can do. Sure, um, yeah, not the old ones, the the young ones. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, right. Yeah. But um, yeah, so then you're doing that Monday to Thursday, just dance, 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 dance all day, teaching them a routine. Yeah. Friday, you're in at the TV studio, camera blocking the routine for the directors, having Costume fittings, group rehearsals, yeah. uh, spray tans, <laughs> all, all the rest of <laughs> whatever they want to do to you, yeah. um, and then Saturday there's a dress run, a dress run of the show,
0: and then it's the live show on right. Saturday night. And you're rolling that week over and over and over and over in terms of like
1: yeah, yeah. and then Sunday because obviously we record the results show once yes. the voting's closed. And thank on you Saturday for inviting night.
0: me to the show, by the way. Yeah, yeah no, no, no worries, no worries. Hope I had a didn't good time. have my phone for a few hours. That yeah, was quite massive scary. panic. <laughs> yeah, they literally take your phone off you. Yeah. And they put it in this bag and they stuff it in with a load of other phones. Yeah, and I bet it's all you could think oh, about for man. that. <laughs> I don't know.
1: Once we read it was brilliant. Yeah, it, yeah. yeah. And then Sunday's supposed to be your day off. But, of course, if you've got through to the next week, then you have to choreograph the next dance. Yeah. So start teaching them again fresh on Monday. Yeah. So it's non-stop, no days off, working all day, yeah. every day, from basically beginning of August until Christmas. Okay, if so... you stay in.
0: Yeah. So the yeah. first thing that popped into my head... Was the um, the life leverage philosophy of merging your passion and profession, mm. and you must really love dance, yeah, to go through that and still have a smile on your face. And but you, know, we were talking before we started rolling, and you said basically, come December of Christmas, you just finally relax, and then you got ill because you've been fine yeah. off because you've yeah. been working
1: like my body just lets go, and yeah, and you get, yeah, you just, so you must
0: really love dance. I love it, yeah,
1: yeah. I, I love it. I love it a lot more now than than I did. I I actually gave up at one point, really, because I just wasn't enjoying it and how old were you then when you gave up it wasn't that long ago it was about 2000 and I want to say 10 okay so six years ago yeah six years ago how old are you I now just,
0: I'm 34 okay so 28 you gave up yeah yeah I just sort of fallen out of love with it right so you've been doing it what 20 years plus yeah and I mean hey if you hadn't gone back in you wouldn't have done strictly no exactly you wouldn't have got yeah. everything you wouldn't yeah. have met me. Exactly. Hey, you exactly. would have been on this podcast. I wouldn't be here right now. <laughs> yeah. But wow, so let's talk about that then, because yeah. that's um you've you've spent all your life giving to dance. Yeah. And I know um unless you're at the very top, it's not an easy thing to earn money from, is it? Not at all.
1: No, no. Everything especially in my sort of corner of the dance world, which is ballroom dancing, it's everything's based around competitions. You sort of start out, you're doing a few exams, and then you do competitions. And um that's just really expensive. You're losing money all the time. Right. You, you well because you have to fund yourself, the travel, the entry, all that. Yeah. And I, I was trying and especially in England when you're an amateur, and it's this weird system where you sort of compete as an amateur for a long time. You're not allowed to earn money oh, right. as a professional. A bit like Olympians, I guess,
2: are, they should are, definitely am- read my yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> Unless you like turn professional and compete as a professional, then you then you're allowed to teach. But there's right. it's this weird system of like you sort of gotta make make yourself as an amateur to be successful as a professional right there's some professionals just turn pro because they couldn't make it as an amateur and right. they just want to start making some money but yeah. they're never going to be sort of top level yeah if you want to go to the top top level in professionals you've got to make it as an amateur first right. but that means spending loads of money yeah. with teachers that charge the earth yeah paying for think just things like costumes yeah, and you're traveling imagine. all around yeah. the world doing competitions yeah just forking out money all the time that I couldn't really afford, so yeah. I was sort of bankrupting my mum
0: and dad. Right. And so you got supportive parents, are you? have you? Yeah. You know, Yeah. They you well, they the went through it as well. They, they my mum t- and dad are dancers. Yes, they are. Yeah. They, yeah. So
1: they went through the whole process of. Your sister's a dancer.
0: Yeah. Your wife's a dancer. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And just never had any money. Was always in debt and trying to have normal jobs to try and fund it. Yeah. And just always getting fired because. I, I had to go... Um, oh, I'll um, from your
0: normal jobs, not yeah. dancing.
1: No, just normal jobs, like office jobs and stuff, trying yeah. to get some money to fund my dancing. Um, right. Because um, I would go, oh, I need uh, a week off to go to Japan. It's the right. Japan Open. And yeah. then sort of get excited and go, oh, that's amazing, that's yeah. really cool. Yeah, have the week off to go to Japan. And then a couple of weeks later, it'd be like, right, I need a week off to, to go to Blackpool because it's like the big championship of, of the year, like yeah. the British Open Championships in, in Blackpool. Right, It's a really important one. And they were like, no, we let you go to Japan. You, we're not going to let you go to Blackpool. Yeah. And I was like, well, I have to be there. There's no way I'm not going to be there. And they were like, okay, well, you're fired, you're fired if you go. Yeah. i like, well, I guess I'm fired then. <laughs> right, and that yeah. just kept happening. You had lots yeah. of different jobs. And um, to a point where I was, I was also, um, for a while, without telling my mum and dad, I was living in my car. Really? Yeah. Because... Oh, My nan, all all the lessons, all all the sort of best teachers for the competition world are based sort of around London at the Mm. time. And my nan lived in Hemel Hempstead, so I could live with my nan a bit, but I would have lessons in South London, and it was basically balancing, I've got this amount of cash left to get up to my nans and back down again. That's going to eat up my cash in either petrol or trains. Right. Or I can pay for my dance lesson tomorrow. Yeah. So I would sleep in my car. And then go back to the dance studio, right? Have a quick wash, like in the bathroom at the dance studio, and have another dance lesson. Um, so for a while, I was just sort of. So you really, in have, my you really club. have
0: lived an artist lifestyle, haven't yeah, you? yeah, yeah.
1: But at the time, it was just sort of you just. I d- didn't really know what it kept you different. going. Then? What kept you going at the time? It was wanting to be like the world champion, mm. or you know, wanting to be the best. Yeah, and it, it was all geared towards that. But then it's quite. A corrupt world as well and a lot of it is spending money on having lessons with the right teachers because they're going to be judging at certain competitions right and everyone else is doing it so just to stay on a sort of level playing field
0: with everyone else so you feel like you're you've sort got of to... being game played by system do you almost
1: yeah, yeah yeah for sure it was like if I don't have lessons with all of these people they're just not going to bother with me when when we get to the competition that right. I'm, I'm going to get left behind so just to stay on on an level playing field with everyone else. I had yeah. to keep up the lessons like, with, all these, with all these people, which is yeah. great for those teachers, if you, if you get to that level, yeah. um, sort of a great system for them. But um, it just eats up all your money just to kind of stay still Right. for me. And, and everything was kind of driven towards winning competitions. Yeah. And then there was one stage where I was offered a world championship, as in like offered first place in a world championship. really a price. Yeah. Oh, to buy it? Mm. And I said to myself, wow. I don't know what I'm doing this for anymore. Yeah. I don't know why I'm... Um, did
0: this coincide with, you said, about six years ago when you were looking to jack it in? Yeah, it
1: was around the same time. I just sort of went, I, I don't know if I want this anymore. Yeah. And um, because I was like, okay, let's say I win the world championship. Let's say I pay this person the right money and have lessons with that person and, you know, because it makes them look good because it means that they can say, oh, I teach... Kevin and yeah. he's the world champion and whatever. And it was all a big system of promoting right, yeah. people and paying people money. And I wish property was that easy.
2: <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> yeah. I, I really wish yeah. it was,
1: yeah. Uh, I sort of said, like, let's say I become world champion, but then I kind of know how I've done it. I've yeah. just sort of paid for it and I've, like, bankrupted my mum and dad. Yeah. I'm living in my car and for a trophy that says I'm first place yeah. and I don't even know if I earned it or not.
2: Yeah.
1: And I, I was just fed up of the whole thing. And, um, I decided to quit, and uh, my mum and dad just went into panic mode like what, what are you going to do with yeah, your life yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, you go, is, is that it now are you 're going to be a, a postman or something and I was like yeah. I, no i don 't think i 'm going to be a postman, but yeah. uh, you know i 'll find whatever else is out there and then um for a while I, I I found there was a dance company called Burn the Floor, which was this this one guy, Jason Gilkerson, who had had also been a competitor, but he was kind of a bit of a maverick. Mm-hmm. And he left the whole system to create a dance show, a theatre show and a, a dance company. Yeah. And, and had he had a
0: similar experience of the system that you did. Yeah. So you yeah. could call him quite disruptive then.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And he was sort of, I looked up to him because I, I got into a zone in competitions where the result stopped becoming important to me. And what I really sort of yearned for was applause. Right. So I started to do things on the dance floor that like i knew would and would end result in me losing the competition yeah and
0: not winning that must have been a hard decision
1: yeah but i kind of loved it because i knew that i was getting <laughs> i was getting a reaction from the audience right and, and they're started, the, surely
0: they're the people that matter aren't
1: they yeah and i started having all these discussions with my sort of colleagues that i was competing against and whatever and they were saying like you totally would have won that competition why did you do that mm. And I was like, yeah, but did you hear the crowd? Did you hear the reception? Like, yeah. like when I did it? Just in terms of different, like, choreography and sort of breaking the rules a yeah. little bit and yeah. wearing different things that, you know, and, and just, yeah. just kind of playing against the rules a little bit. And we would always have these arguments where they would go, but what would you rather be? The world champion that, as played by the rules and people think is quite boring, mm. or would you rather be the guy that comes fourth at the world championship, but everyone goes home talking about, you because you did this and that. Yeah. And everyone else was like, no, I'd rather be the world champion. Mm-hmm. And I was going, no, I want to be the guy that comes forth, but everybody loved it. Yeah. Like everyone goes home talking about your performance.
2: Yeah.
1: Like the results stopped becoming important to me. Yeah. And so Jason Gilkison was the same. He used to do things on the dance floor that like would get the crowd ramped up and, and kind of energized. Yeah. And, and um, therefore it probably held him back in his results. Right. So he decided to create a dance company that was made up of those sort of people and to kind of push the limits of ballroom dancing a little bit and in, in a theater show.
0: And he so was it he, me... was it that that kind of pulled you out of the retirement then? because I'm just trying to keep the timeline. For um, it going. Well,
1: at this point I went straight out of competitions into that company and um, yeah, he offered me a, a place in the dance company and I loved it. And I was really sort of energized by the whole thing. And I loved like this different form of dancing and, and he sort of became my mentor Yeah, and he sort of let me make a load of mistakes, sort of allowed me to experiment with my dancing a bit and, yeah. and allowed me to make a load of mistakes and then guided me the right way. Right. And I just really, I felt like my dancing, like, really took off. Yeah. But then it was more um, sort of personal reasons, actually, with with my um, ex-wife. Right. She... She wanted me and her to be so dancing together. You're in
0: your 30s and you've been married twice. I've been
1: married three times. Wow, man! <laughs> yeah. You, do, you yeah. do everything for I'm a oh, I'm a nightmare. I'm a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> it's just jumping in head first syndrome. All like, right. Yeah. But, um, so she wanted us to be dancing together. Yeah. And but she didn't, couldn't get a place in the company, and uh, she persuaded me to basically. The, the company went to Broadway. We were dancing on Broadway, uh, which was a massive deal. Mm. But then she said, OK, I want us to dance together now. And out of some sort of sense of duty and loyalty to her, I mm. left Broadway to go and dance in a theme park. Wow. <laughs> Which, and everyone was going, again, like, are you are you crazy? What, why are you doing
2: this? That's what love does to you.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and then after that, um, she said, um, you know, let's do something that we can do together. Let's try out for musical theatre instead of doing this. Mm. And so we both went and auditioned for Dirty Dancing, the musical. Right. But the problem was I got the job doing dirty dancing in the West End and she didn't get it again oh, so it became oh, nice. another like massive issue. Yeah. So by this time I'd sort of naturally gone away from dancing anyway and me and her broke up. Mm. And and I was just at this point where I was like sort of going am I dancing because I want to dance? Now I'm not doing it at the moment. I'm doing musical theater. Yeah. So a bit more sort of singing and acting and stuff. Am I dancing because it was my parents thing? Yeah. And it's like our family thing, like my parents and my dad's parents and my sister, like everyone's a dancer. Am I doing it because of that? And it's just because of what we've always done or is it, do I actually love it? Mm. And, I, and I decided that I didn't love it anymore. And that was probably still a lot of sort of anger and bitterness towards the competition world and how corrupt it was. And yeah. the fact that I'd been offered a world championship. And I was like, I don't like the whole competition thing anymore. And I'd had no. a taste in in Burn the Floor in the show of working alongside people. Mm-hmm as opposed to competing with them, and decided that it was much better. Yeah. <laughs> like like that actually just a company of people all work working together to create a show together mm. and sort of supporting each other made a much better performance yeah. than trying to beat each other for a result, for a trophy. Yeah. And I was probably still kind of all angry about that whole competition thing. And I was going, yeah, I'm just sick of dancing. I'm not mm. enjoying it anymore. I don't want anything to do with it anymore. I'm going to go in a completely different direction. Yeah. And everyone kept going, no, no, you've got to go and get re-inspired
0: because, you know, you can't, you can't throw all this away. And Which, if I would just jump in, I know it's easy to say this now, but I think that's very good advice.
2: Yeah. What they, that they gave
0: yeah. you because, like, there's like six things going on in my head here. Okay, Because, yeah. you know, like, I'm sure everyone's getting it. This is brilliant, by the way, so thank you. I know. Um, I'm sure everyone's picking up all the, the points, but, I, you know, my job is to make sure we pick them out. Yeah. So a couple of things in. So if you could have gone back to a point maybe when you knew your ex-wife was going to take you down the path that you went down with her Mm. and you could give yourself advice. Yeah. And and I'm not saying, like, it's you'd have dumped her, but, you know, would you have followed that path again of dancing with her, dancing with her, going down a way, or would you have followed your own path? No, I'd have followed my own path,
1: yeah. I mean, it's weird because now... I found myself because of all these different paths that I mm. went down. I found myself in a great situation. Yes. So it's difficult to say that I would want to change anything. Right. Look, looking back, but on maybe it.
0: you could have taken a few less detours. So yeah. Not so many scenic routes. Yeah,
1: exactly. I think it's been a bit more selfish in in what you want to achieve and and, and just realizing what you really enjoy. Yeah. And and I, I think a lot of the time I was living for other people's right. dreams. Like, you know, that maybe the competition route was more my mum and dad's dream, perhaps. And I'd convinced myself that it was what I wanted, but maybe it was more my mum and dad's thing. It was the family thing. And then when I went to do the musical theatre, maybe it was more of my ex-wife's thing. Mm. And I felt like I was trying to be loyal to everyone and trying to do my
0: duty to everyone. So there will be hundreds of thousands of listeners across the world that can totally relate to that. Yeah. Whether it's in their business or their career. Yeah. Yeah what advice are you going to, you know, what you, we're having all this major experience and obviously now being massive, what advice would you say?
1: I think I've got to say it's okay to be a bit more selfish about yeah, it now. Yeah. Like if you've, if you... Because you don't have to be an arsehole oh, no, arrogant about it. No, no, no. You can no. just follow your own dream. And that's what I couldn't get in my head before. Before I thought that if I was going to do my thing instead of her thing or their thing, that meant I was an arsehole. Yeah. And I, and I was being horrible to them and being really selfish. But yeah. actually, it just means that you... Sorry, I keep knocking my That's phone. Right. Sorry. They can <laughs> hear it. <laughs> yeah. It actually just means that you've got a clear sort of idea about what you want to do. Yeah. Well, and, and I've, go got, towards it.
0: I've got a strong feeling about this because, um, you know, the analogy or the thing I've really seen is my fiance being a mum. And, um, you know, until you've had a parent and seen your partner be a mum, you know, you've you could probably only guess this, but, you know, I saw Gemma go through this identity for the first four years of Bobby's life where right. her identity became being a mum. Yeah. And everything she did was to be a great mum. Yeah. And uh, I kept trying to say to her, to be the best mum you can be, you you need to do things for yourself too. Yeah. You know, get dressed up and look pretty and feel pretty. Instead of just always feeling like you got sick and puke and everything else all over (laughs) you. And you're allowed to go out. You're allowed to drop them off with our grandparents because, you know, we've still got my parents and Gemma's parents, which we were really lucky with. And and I think that she found that difficult Mm. because her identity became her mum. But to be the best mum, you've got to have your own identity. Yeah. And I think if you want to be the best entrepreneur, you want to be the best dancer, you want to be the best... The most inspirational person to someone, you've you've got to f- be who you are and yeah. follow your own path because only you know who that is. Yeah. And you know, so if you have to push people back or say no, we're not going to do it that way. Yeah. I think that's actually being more fair to them because you're being more true to you. Yeah. Because yeah, in exactly. the end, all you do is resent these people. Yes. Or hold all this anger inside yeah. because yeah. you know you should have done it.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And if, if you if you sort of do your, your own thing and you have that clear sort of vision for it then mm. then you can sort of lead them yes. in, in a better way yeah. because you know what you want yeah rather than just and you get good at selling it all the time them. yeah yeah and now now I've got all these ideas about everything that I want to do yeah and, and I feel excited about it mm. because I don't feel like I have to manage other people to, to, to go oh but they might not want me to yeah I'm just like no this is what I want to do mm. I'm selling it to you know my wife and to yeah. my family and my <laughs> friends. I'm going. This, this is this is what's going to happen, and they're going. Okay, okay that yeah. sounds
0: great. So they're taking um, you seriously. Yeah, bit, yeah, aren't they? Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Rather than only me, had to me be going, like runner
0: up on strictly four times. Yeah, time yeah. Time. yeah. <laughs> all right, all right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, I'm finding that actually everyone's sort of on board with what I want to do. Yeah. Whereas maybe before I didn't give myself enough credit for that,
0: like enough sort of. So, maybe self-worth. So was that a confidence thing or was that a just what you expected other people to think of you? Why, why was it? Why weren't you able to say, no, this is what I want to do. And I'm not going to be rude about it, mm. but this is what I want to do. Why weren't you able to say that for a
1: long time? I think, I think yeah, confidence and, and just maybe I, I just didn't have enough of a sense of sort of self-worth. Yeah. I felt like I had to sort of live for other people all the time and yeah. for what they want. And which is maybe also why I ended up getting married twice before I found, like, the, the one I wanted to marry because yeah. maybe they wanted to get married. And I'm always right. constantly living for someone else's idea of what they want. And mm. I was always asking for permission all the time. Right. Like, oh, can I, can I do this? Is this okay if maybe and we did something like was? this? I don't know. Maybe I just didn't believe in myself. Mm. Maybe I just didn't have a, a clear sort of purpose. And or, was there a
0: point where that went, like, can you remember an exact moment or a time in your life where, bang, that changed? I guess I guess strictly has probably given me a bit of confidence to
1: know that I can actually do stuff mm. that I'm good at what I do yeah and this is I know this is going to seem really sort of left field but just recently I came to a day of one of of your company came and did like a speaker discovery day yes and i spent i can't remember if i already told you this story but for for everyone who hasn't heard it i came along and um i've already been on strictly for you know three series before Mm. i came to this to this day and just out of curiosity and you know i was i was free on that day and i thought i'll try and learn something new and soak it up and i came and i was on a table with um a few people and and they're sat next to me going oh so what do you do Mm. And I went, oh, I, um, yeah, I'm, I'm just sort of getting into the property and doing this, that, and the other. And, and oh, but outside property, what do you do? Oh, I'm self employed. And, and I've, it took me ages to, <laughs> to say I'm a dancer on Strictly Come Dancing because I felt like I didn't want to come across like I was showing off yeah. or, you know, put myself or sound like I was putting myself above anyone else mm. in the room. And it, it took like half the day before they got around to it and went, all right, I'm going to ask you outright because you seem really cagey about it. Don't be embarrassed about it. Whatever it is, what do you do? <laughs> and I went, I'm a dancer. And they went, why are you so embarrassed about it? Are you like a stripper? <laughs> <laughs> and I went, really? <laughs> <laughs> and um, I said, no, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a ballroom dancer. And, and they went, oh, oh, you mean like the stuff they do on like Strictly Come Dancing? <laughs> and I went, all right, yeah, I'm one of the dancers on Strictly Come Dancing. And they went, "What? You've been sat here like being all cagey about it for the whole yeah. day, and um, why didn't you just say it? Like mm. that's awesome. Mm. Why? Why aren't you all proud of it?" And, and I sort of went, "Yeah, why aren't I proud of it?" Yeah. And it's not that I wasn't proud of it. I was just I've, I've constantly had this fear of like coming across sounding like I'm arrogant or big headed, and like I, I couldn't get that out of the way of myself.
2: Yeah.
1: And the girl who was who was doing the the course the the day, Tony. Mm. She's Tony. Tony. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Yeah. Um, yeah, she stood she She's gonna there. kill me for that, by the <laughs> way. <laughs> but she was brilliant and, and, and she sort of got up and went, right, I'm Tony, I've done this, this, and this, and I've achieved this. And in the last year, I've quit my job, I've got this income coming in from doing this. Yeah. I'm now earning blah, 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 blah. And basically just went bullet point, bullet point, bullet point, I'm ace. Mm. And I sort of sat there and went, wow, she's just talked about all how brilliant she is. And not one part of me felt like, oh, she's arrogant.
2: Mm.
1: Actually, I'm really impressed and I kind of want to learn how it is that she's done it. Yeah. And I want to learn to be a bit more like that. Yeah. And by the end of the day, when we're doing that speaker stuff and you know putting a speech together and all yeah. that, yeah. I suddenly found a bit of confidence with it.
2: That's great. And
1: like, since then, I've started sort of introducing myself to people, saying, no, yeah, I'm Kevin, I'm from Strictly Come Dancing and yeah. I'm doing this and that. And, That's great. And, um, yeah, I've found myself being a bit more sort of... What's the word? Like, like, I'll come forward a little bit more. Yeah. And therefore, I had a bit more confidence in going, OK, I want to do I want to do this. I've got this idea. I've got these plans. How can mm. we make it happen? Or yeah, who can I find that can help me
0: make it yeah, happen? Yeah. So a couple of things on that. If it's OK. I often talk about money. Yeah. You know, you know that in the books. And, you know, my personal vision is to create global financial freedom, mm-hmm. educate as many people across the globe as I can to. Make enough money themselves to become financially free and then pass that baton on through education and teaching others. And money's one of those subjects where it, it brings out a lot of emotions. Yeah. And um, you know, one of the one of the quotes I say a lot is.
3: If you love to travel like me and you understand the power in escaping the money for time exchange trap, but you just don't know how to do it, then building an Airbnb consultancy business could be exactly what you have been looking for. minimal startup costs zero risk and almost unlimited potential sound good welcome to the airbnb consultant contact us through any of the channels included in the studio notes to get the conversation started
0: you know people are going to judge you anyway so you might as well be rich yeah And um, no matter what you say and do, I'm not saying this to you because you've said it, but I'm saying this to all of us, Mm -hmm. no matter what you say and what you do, people are going to judge you. Yeah. They're going to judge you. Yeah. So you might as well be who you are. Yeah. You might tell people who you are, tell people who you are, tell people what you do. Yeah. I mean, from a marketing perspective, if you tell everyone what you do, you've got more chance of doing JVs, working with people, finding mentors, finding people for your academies and your schools. If you don't tell anyone what they can do, they're not going to know, but... I don't know, I just like... I found that so much easier. It must have been about eight years ago when my mentor said to me, look, people are going to judge you whatever you say and do. Mm. You know, there's a lot of people in relationships and there's some, they're they're going around saying, or not in relationships, and they go, I just want someone to love me for who I am. Well, yeah. if you don't show the world who you are... Yeah, exactly. ...they're loving a a projection you're putting out in the world of someone you're not. Yeah. So someone can only love you for who you are when you show them who you are. And I yeah. meant that as in open your soul, not as in, you know, get your, get your top off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Maybe so, I will go down yeah, to Peru. <laughs> exactly. So you've got to show the people who you are so people can love you for who you are. Mm, yeah. and, and I think it's the same in dance, in business, in marketing. Tell people who you are, be proud of who you are. Then when people know who you are, you're going to attract the right people. Yeah. And those that... You know, those that are going to judge you, they're going to judge you anyway. Yeah, exactly. And I spent my whole life getting judged in,
1: in uh, yeah. you know, through the dance competitions. Yeah, like like my life is being being judged in the competition, and then in in a theatre, there's the critics and reviews and, and all that sort of thing. Now onto Strictly, it's in front of you know, 13 million people with yeah. four judges going. Well, it was this out of ten. You know. Wow. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, you're right, and and I think actually I'm finding now like like my opinion on it has changed, mm. or maybe I always had this opinion, I just wouldn't let myself believe it. Yeah that before it it was a case of um you know that it might sound a bit arrogant if someone's going you know i'm this and i'm that but actually now like i'm sort of slightly more attracted to those people Mm. that are going this is what i'm achieving yeah and that's how i've you know sort of ended up getting in in contact with you and and things like that because you know you're out there going this is this is what we're doing this is what you need to do yeah and you know and look at the success that i've built Mm. that's made me go okay that sounds like the kind of guy that I'd like to get in touch with and yeah. chat about my ideas with, mm. you know. So,
0: actually, it does attract people to... Well, we're all, to, yeah. we're all inspired by someone who has a clear vision. Or at least if we're not inspired by their vision, we're inspired by their volition of their vision. Mm. And even if we're not really that bothered about it, you know, we you know, you can't help but admire Steve Jobs or mm. Elon Musk or yeah. Oprah Winfrey or whoever, whether yeah. you relate to what they do or don't do, you can't mm. help but be admired. Mm. So I admire them, you know, because they're, they're clear, you know, they're, they're, they're inspired. Yeah. And um, yeah, I think that's very important.
1: Yeah. And before I sort of always had this idea of, like when I was a competitor and it was all about me in the competition world, I would look at things like Strictly Come Dancing and I was one of those sort of slightly sort of, I guess jealous, mm. but bitter yeah. people looking at Strictly going. Oh, I'll never do that because yeah. that's selling out. Yeah, yeah. Do, you yeah. Know, do you know what I mean? Like, and and yeah. and then um, Kevin sold out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I used to say that I'll never do Strictly Come Dancing. Yeah, and they would say, "Well, why not? Why don't you get yourself out there? You can do it. it you know, it'll open a lot of doors. There's so much opportunity. Yeah. You can show more people like what what you can do and mm. what you're about and all this." And I was going, "No, no, no, no," because. You know, I'm about this, and 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 then it was like, well, why don't you dance in this way to make sure you win that competition? Mm. No, no, I don't want to win the competition because I'm like this, and no one understands yeah. my art. You yeah. know, and
0: I, I was can bit, so relate to that. Yeah. I was a bit Being like an that, artist. and it was
1: like, and in the end, it was just like, yeah, no one does understand your art because no yeah. one knows about yeah,
0: it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, what I mean? yeah, wh- which one do you want to be? Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. And so then I decided, okay, let's um, go to see if see if I can get on strictly come dancing because. When I met Karen, um, and she was in the same uh, show, I went back into Burn the Floor. Uh, My wife, yeah, yeah, yeah. who's also on Strictly. We met in Burn the Floor, because I went back into the company after Dirty Dancing. Mm. I I left Dirty Dancing and and went back on tour, met with Karen, and we decided that what we were doing in Burn the Floor, we could do forever because we loved it. We loved performing instead of competing, but then we were like, but we're not going to be able to do this forever. What would we like to do? And we decided that we'd like to have our own dance company. Right. Um, you know, have our own show and be, yeah. and be in charge of it. And yeah. that,
0: that's coming to fruition, is it?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: That is Give that a bit happening. of a plug then. That's so.
1: happening this year. Wow. Our, our own show for the, for the first time, yeah. Um, when are you going on the road? We open on May 31st in Northampton. Right. Yeah. And uh, yeah, May through June.
3: Great. Um, yeah,
1: a UK that's tour. That's exciting. And uh, that, was, that was initially our first reason for wanting to be on Strictly Come Dancing, yeah. just to basically put us in... Build a platform. Yeah, put mm. us in the shop window, yeah. you know. And it, it was a case of like, oh, he's selling out or yeah.
0: you
1: know, whatever. And um, we got onto the show and um, ended up loving it.
0: Yeah. So let's just talk about the selling out quickly. <coughs> By the way, of the 12 and a half questions, we, we're on number one. <laughs> okay. yeah, but I, I like this to be a conversation, not an interview. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I'd love to address this selling out thing. Mm. Uh, I had a similar thing as an artist. Yeah. Um, so um, when I was an artist, the first thing I never did was I never went and viewed anyone's art. Mm. I never went to museums or anything like that because I wanted to be original and I didn't want to be influenced by anyone first Mm. completely conceited arrogant jealous bitter decision number one you know why 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 would I put myself in a box everyone's inspired by everybody else you know the great the great artists the great musicians you listen to them all they're all inspired by someone in a yeah. generation beyond. So that yeah. was the first thing. The next thing is I was never going to do anything brown or cream to match anyone's sofa, you know, or anyone's bedroom because I wasn't yeah. going to sell out and do cheap, shitty stuff. Yeah, Which was the only way I would have made any money to pay the mortgage <laughs> yeah. to give myself some free time to go and paint my crazy stuff. Yeah. So the first thing I should have done was gone and looked at everybody else's art. Mm -hmm. You know, my new book, Money. I've written a lot about Damien Hirst, who's Mm -hmm. commercialized art in a great way, Mm. and he was someone I'd look at and go, "Oh, you're getting dead animals, just cutting them up and sticking them. You know, you're taking the piss out of us. This isn't real art because he's he's selling that for twelve million, and I'm I can't even pay my mortgage. Exactly. And you know, I think (laughs) this selling out thing. If you want to do what you want to do. You've got to be able to pay your mortgages and your bills, and feed yourself and clothe, your, clothe yourself, and everything else, to buy your time, to have the time to go and do what you want to do. Exactly. Yeah. So you know, is it selling out or is it being smart and making a living? Well, it's exactly that.
1: It's it's be, it's being smart and making a living because, yeah. that, like you said, then you can go and do the stuff that you want to do. Yeah. It's like it's like I guess with you see some movie stars and that they'll do like a big superhero blockbuster yeah. movie or something, so that they can then do. All these little independent movies that they don't get paid much money for, because that's what they consider their sort of art. Although they can do a play on stage or something like that, that they're not getting the same big books for, but they're fulfilled in their art. But they can't—they can't necessarily do that all the time if they haven't done the, you know, funded themselves with the with the big stuff. It's it's kind of like that. But then also, you can you can do your own thing once you're earning the money. Yeah. You know, so, so it's not selling out anymore. You yeah. ju- you're just on a platform and you yeah. can start doing your own thing, which is what we're trying to do now. Yeah. And actually I've, I've done a complete 180. I'm, I'm, I've gone from being like, no one understands me and my art and I'm never going to do any of that commercial stuff yeah. to like now I want to completely commercialize ballroom dancing Yeah. in the, in the way that, um, I think Strictly Come Dancing is, is sort of making that happen, yeah. but I want to make it happen to the whole industry. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Because
0: you know you can be you can be like an indie band, and when I say indie, I mean sort of a cult band who yeah. doesn't have many fans, but they have a few diehard fans. Mm. Or you can be Coldplay, and yeah. um, you know I because I'm, I'm a real Radiohead fan, right. and you know they, they've been very creative with their art and, and very much gone away from producing mass media music. And I've always, I've always admired them, say, over Coldplay and Muse, who also love. Mm. But then I thought, well, you know what? If Coldplay can fill stadiums, okay, so they've got to follow a music formula. Mm. It's a bit less intricate. It's a bit less experimental. Yeah. But, you know, like, Muse's early stuff was really experimental. Yeah. Coldplay's earlier stuff was a little bit more indie. Yeah. You've got that back catalogue. Yeah. So enjoy that. Don't expect the new... Yeah. But if I was Coldplay and I could fill stadiums, would I do it? Damn right. And, and if I can have 50,000 people all holding up their lighters or now their iPhones... <laughs> You know, and, and I can change the lives of 50,000 people. It's just a different art. Yeah. And, you know, I just think, you know, when, when those bands retire or, you know, when you finish, you're going to be remembered by how many people's lives you inspired and how many people mm. you got to... Because dance yeah. is very much a thing about making yeah. people, people feel good about themselves exactly. and expressing themselves. Exactly. And you can't do that if you're a, a cult dancer who's got three diehard fans, can't exactly, you? Exactly, exactly. And the funny thing is... Now
1: that we're in this sort of commercial position of being on, on Strictly come dancing, we're being contacted by some really interesting sort of indie choreographers mm. saying, Would you like to be part of this thing that we're putting together, like an independent thing, doing some really interesting choreography? Right. Which before when when that's what I considered I was, yes, wasn't getting those offers. Yeah. But now because we're sort of like I say, like in the shop window a little mm. bit, like like more well known. Yeah. Now they want me and Karen to be a part of that mm. To be a part of that sort of scene. So it just proves that you can like you know you know, you can go commercial or however you yeah. wanna call it or selling out, or basically just being successful, really. Yeah.
0: It's um, funny how many people have a negative connotation to that word commercial. Yeah. I yeah. I can imagine in your world, in the art arty kind of world, it's like a dirty word, but
1: Yeah. But actually it just How, means how that do you, you pay mortgage
0: without being commercial? Yeah. Yeah. I'll play a commercial. Yeah. And so there's a guy, Matthew Bourne
1: who he sort of commercialised... I mean, I don't know if other people have done it as well, but he was the one that I discovered commercialised the sort of ballet world. So where you've got your Swan Lakes and your Sleeping Beauties and all that in in ballet, he took sort of ballet and contemporary ballet and made them into really sort of commercial dance shows, almost like you're just watching a play or a musical. Yeah. So for people to go and watch a Matthew Bourne show now, they don't feel like they're going to watch like a night of culture and dance. They feel like they're just going to... It's more like entertainment. They're yeah. just going for a night out, yeah. and it's sort of funny, and it's it's a big production, it's a big show, yeah. and so he made like the dance show of Edward Scissorhands, right? And it was that was the show that changed everything for me when I'd given up on dancing, right? Okay, I went and watched that. I was watching loads of stuff, all this sort of arty stuff,
2: mm.
1: and gone. Yeah, it was it was really interesting choreography, but I'm not inspired. Yeah, and then I went and watched Matthew Bourne's Edward Scissorhands which is something that everybody already knows as being a movie. Yeah. So you know what you're going to get. Yeah. You know the story. It's a big sort of entertaining character, yeah. Edward Scissorhands, and it was just an entertaining show. And yeah. I sort of laughed and cried, and, and I was so entertained yeah. that night because I was just told a story, basically, mm. in, in the show. And, ba- and from that point, I went, yeah, I want to be a dancer. I've, yeah. just, I've just discovered that I actually want to be a dancer yeah.
0: for the first time yeah. and uh, got straight back into it.
2: Yeah.
0: And you know what? you're now going to have that impression on hundreds, thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds yeah. of thousands of people with your dance school. Yeah. And surely that's, that's what, what life's about. Exactly,
1: exactly. So the whole idea of um, selling out...
0: Yes, please. <laughs> that's yeah. <that> more, like, <laughs> yeah. Is,
1: like Yeah, like before, it was such a stupid way of thinking about yeah. it, it was such a negative way of thinking about it, and it was probably just came out of bitterness towards yeah. people that were successful. What yeah. it really was, it was just... Do I want to be successful or not? Not yeah. do I want to sell out or not? Yeah, interesting.
0: Something to think about for us all. Mm. Go through a few of these as yes, well. Yeah. yeah, great. So, specific question, because I like to pick out moments in time. Mm. Tell us exactly the time and place when you knew you'd made it as a dancer. Like, was there like a moment where you almost had an outer body where you were like, this is something's happening here? You know, maybe I've made it. <laughs> and you could be as arrogant as you are. <laughs> <laughs>
1: There was a night when, I think I've got two in, in sort of different ways. In terms of being fulfilled as an artist, um, there was a night on, when, when Burn the Floor was on Broadway and we never imagined in a million years that the company would make it to Broadway.
2: Yeah.
1: There, were, there was a night where it had gone the run had gone well. We were only supposed to be there a few weeks, but then we got extended because people were buying tickets and it was all going really well. Right. And once we'd been extended, I felt like I was dancing with no pressure, like there was no sort of wasn't trying to achieve an extension on the run or, yeah. or whatever. I was just dancing and the crowd were just, uh, I don't know, the crowd were really energised yeah. that night. And the whole company of us felt like we had the audience in the palm of our hands and, mm. ever, and we were all on top of our game. So as an artist, that, that was a night when I, when I felt like, well, this is like, as a dancer, I'm, yeah. this is everything that I wanted. Mm-hmm. In terms of saying like really made it, because it took me ages to get onto Strictly Come Dancing because I auditioned for them. Yeah,
0: you told me about this. Tell me yeah. about it. Yeah.
1: So I we decided we want to get on the show. We had an interview with the producers over Skype because we were on tour with Burn the Floor in America at the time. And um they took my wife Karen like in an instant. Yeah. Like it, it was like we want her. She's amazing. And um they didn't want me. Basically, I found out later on because they thought I was a bit too left field because I was basically a goth. Yeah. <laughs> I was like <laughs> black eyeliner and right. black fingernails and long black hair. Wow. And, and um, yeah, I, I thought I was some kind of um, swaggering, like Russell Brand <laughs> of the dance world. <laughs> like um, I just looked ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So they didn't take me. And then the next year I asked if I could audition for them again and I um, cut my hair and sort of smartened up a bit mm-hmm. and made myself look a bit more presentable <laughs> to yeah. a BBC audience. And uh, went for the audition, which was basically teaching a celebrity on camera and then being interviewed on camera to see what that was like and stuff. Yeah. And I got told no again. Wow. But then at the last minute, they said, um, we're going to 15 celebrities this year instead of 14. We're having one extra um, just budget and everything. They wanted to make the show bigger. And and that happened really close to the series starting in 2013 was my first year. And they invited me like last minute to come on board and said basically you start on Monday. Yeah. It was that close to the series starting. So I felt like I'd sort of sneaked in yeah. right in in the, in the back door.
2: Yeah.
1: And I got partnered with Susanna Reid. Yeah. From um Good Morning Britain. Mm. And it it started off we she was doing great and we were having a lot of fun and and, and it was it was all fine and then it got to Blackpool uh, which was week 8, the black big sort of Blackpool episode of the show. And um we did a pasodoble and I didn't really know that it was going to go down as well as it did Mm. but i don't know that night there was something sort of something special was happening and and we danced this past and everything came together from the way she danced to the choreography to the the costumes the lighting the the whole everything the music Mm. it all came together and the crowd just went off at the end of the dance yeah and um and I was stood there, sort of with my arms open, at the end of the dance, yeah. <laughs> just just going like, "Let's have it." This, yeah. yeah, this this sort of person that has always been, as I was saying before, kind of a bit insecure and yeah. a bit not very confident about things, not very good at putting myself out there. Yeah, was stood in in the middle of the ballroom with the crowd going absolutely mental. Yeah, and apparently it broke like the the record of how loud the the really? were in that wow. ballroom or something and just stayed there instead of just getting up and going straight over to Tess I just stayed there and Susanna was about to get up off the floor and I went don't move and she stayed on the floor like in her end position and I just stayed there for ages basically just for the first time just sort of going I'm ace this is really happening like they think that I'm really good and I think that was a moment that I sort of realised actually people are responding to what I'm doing and I don't have to apologise for it so much.
0: Yeah, that's a great story. Yeah, it's funny because you know, like I'm, I'm not personally into dance. I mean, no. you, you, you're the guy that's really got me into it. Not doing it, by the way. <laughs> we'll I don't see. know if you've ever <laughs> seen a baby horse being born, trying <laughs> to walk for the first time. <laughs> that's like me dancing. <laughs> when I used to do martial arts and used to go out when I was in my early twenties to, you know, try and get girls. Wasn't very good at that. Used to do the splits on the dance floor. Thinking <laughs> okay. that, that was going to get me girls. <laughs> Never freaking worked. Uh, got me sold there. Uh, but yeah, I was in the crowd when Ed Bulls did his. Um, I was at Gangnam Style. Was yes, it that night? Yes, yes. Oh, amazing! And yeah. um, so to have that feeling in the crowd of that yeah, energy—that that, that, there was like a, a switch went off. Yeah, when I really felt something. Yeah, and uh, yeah, yeah. There's something special, I, I think. And, and, and as a non-dancer, not you know necessarily previously into dance, being in the crowd, experiencing it, it definitely. Not just that, the whole experience, obviously, you know, you're the guy I want to win, but yeah, just experiencing that, it, it definitely was amazing, amazing experience.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Something about a crowd when you're sort of all on the same wavelength mm. and there's an energy in the room and you feel yeah. like you can sort of do anything and they'll respond to it. And it must yeah. be the same for you sometimes, like when you're speaking or something yeah. like to, to a crowd, there's sometimes, you must think sometimes have gone better than others. Like yes. sometimes there's an energy in the yes. room where you just, everyone's responding to yes. everything and, and you feel like you're just like in this flow. Yes and that's just a really sort of special place to be and i yeah. guess it's what all artists are trying to
0: yes. get yes yeah and and you talking about the speaking before mm. sound like I had a pro- profound experience for you i did my first ever public speaking course in sydney australia right in 2006 and uh, my boss at the time the i've only had i've had 3 jobs and i got fired no, I've had two jobs I got fired three times mm. and twice by my dad and once by this guy. Um, but <laughs> thankfully, before he fired me, he sent me over to Australia to do the public speaking course because okay. I was the only one in the company that was putting my hand up saying, I'll do the speaking. I mean, I okay. was petrified, but I said I'd do it because yeah. I, I figured, well, if they don't want to do it, even though I'm scared, yeah. if I do it, I've got some value. Yeah. And um, yeah, doing that public speaking course completely changed my life. Because yeah. to be able to stand up in front of people and just show other people who you are, yeah. Because a lot of people assume I was, I've always been good, confident, or gobby, or whatever, you know, yeah. however I'm perceived yeah. around speaking, mm-hmm. anywhere from massive gob to good at public speaking. I've, I've got, like, you've got the world records for speaking. Yeah. It was all thanks to doing that speaking course. Yeah. And, and it was a profound experience in my life.
3: Yeah.
1: And you just sort of understand that you can just stand in front of people and go, this is I'm, who I am. This is me.
0: Yeah. And it's okay. Yeah. And people will be okay about it. Did you do the um, eye contact exercise? You know, where you just stand and look in someone's eyes for like seven or 10 seconds and you move to someone else? No, I don't think you did. Oh, right. So you have to sign up for the full course for that one. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, you know, like at at the start of the five-day speaker course, you you stand on the stage and you just look into someone's eyes for like 10 seconds. Okay. And then you move on to the next person. It's like you feel completely naked and completely, but it's a deep experience.
1: Yeah, yeah. And now I'm like, I've been to a few sort of networking meetings and things like that, you know, to do with the property and just business networking type Mm. things and um, starting to find that, like weirdly, because I don't know why it wouldn't be the case, but for some reason I had to get over that hump Mm. where now I'm starting to find I can just go up to people and talk to them and go, hi, what are you about? This is what I'm about. Mm. And it's fine. Mm. You don't don't need to worry about it. Whereas before I would have been so nervous about sort of revealing myself to people not revealing myself to people <laughs> i should be nervous about that but if you're you watching know the,
0: the video that's yeah. it, that's, that, that's in about 15 minutes yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: but just going you know oh i'm about this and, and having someone judge me mm. and they'd think oh he doesn't know what he's talking about or whatever and i guess it comes back to what you said you people are going to judge you anyway so yeah. you might as well just go
0: this is me yeah great so the business side of dancing. Mm. Um, when, I, when you kindly invited me to the show, it was, met Luisha, it's lovely. Yeah. Uh, and we were talking, you and I, we ended up talking for about two hours. I was going to go home because I was going home really early. Yeah. Um, but you kept me there for two hours. Sorry. We, no, no, don't be <laughs> sorry, it was great. We were chatting away and, you know, I'm always interested in the business architecture or side of everything because, mm. you know, that's just something I embrace and I love. Like you love dancing, I love business. And you were saying that most of the dancers, don't really earn a great living. No. So can you talk us a little bit about the business side, some of the hardships, and then when you sort of, at the point where for you it became a viable business and it wasn't just, you know, making your family bankrupt?
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, so in the ballroom dance industry, it's very much, um, you do competitions, and then when you turn professional, you can teach other competitors, and then you sort of retire from competing altogether, and you become a teacher, just doing private lessons out of some studio or yeah. you can open your own sort of dance school. And that's pretty much the way it goes. Right. Or there's,
0: you know, about 16 places on Strictly Come yeah. Dancing. So it sounds like this industry needs disrupting to me. Definitely. Sounds like there's a load Definitely. of opportunity. Yeah.
1: Especially because Strictly Come Dancing exists. Yeah. It's like there's this industry that is doing nothing but competitions and exams well, and teaching people Something like that. that
0: can get me interested in dancing. Yeah. It can captivate yeah. the whole world, Yeah, it? so it's like
1: there's... There's 13 million people watching Strictly Come it's Dancing on a Saturday night on yeah. BBC One primetime.
0: That's a fifth of the population of the country.
1: Yeah, and you're telling me that the only thing we can do is teach kids to do competitions and exams. Yeah. In this little sort of slightly corrupt, I'm going to upset a lot of people yeah. <laughs> in the ballroom industry. Does anyone listen to this? Don't one. Worry, the I think there's
0: only about 375,000. <laughs> so they're in a um, lot of different countries, yeah. so you might bypass um, it. But
1: yeah. And I've always been slightly conscious of like, I, I love dancing. I'm sort of, when we talk about making your life go in the direction that you can just do what you want, you know, building yourself, you know, enough funds or cash flow or whatever to sort of do the things you want to do in life. I feel like for the most part, I'm doing what I want to do yeah. right now, but yeah. I've always been very much aware that I'm not going to be able to do it forever Yeah. because my body won't let me do it yeah. forever. So I've always been slightly concerned about what happens when I get to whatever age it is and I can't perform anymore like I can't
0: dance anymore is that one of the drivers for you to get into yeah. property and things like that yeah, yeah.
1: absolutely mm. and the answer has always been oh well then you'll go into teaching you'll mm. teach competitors or whatever yeah but then I sort of started seriously thinking but I don't want to do that mm. I don't want to just go oh, I'm having my fun now just to live a life that I don't want to live later on yeah. like it shouldn't be like that and I've had to really sort of ask myself properly what is it that that I want to do mm. and I want to sort of inspire other people down a way the same way Ma- people like Matthew Bourne and Jason Gilkerson mm. have inspired me. Yeah. And the problem is in the ballroom industry that there's no opportunity mm. for any of it, really for performance. Burn the Floor still exists as a show, but that's a company of you know, maybe 20 dancers and there's 16 or so places on Strictly Come Dancing. Mm. So there's 36 spots in the entire world <laughs> for, yeah. for People to perform if they don't want to be in competitions. And I'm finding that there's loads of people who don't want to compete and they don't want to do exams. They want to perform yeah. and they want to learn what they're seeing on Strictly Come Dancing. Yeah. And there's nothing out there for it. Yeah. So, what I want to do, what me and Karen want to do, is to create dance shows and dance companies in the same way that, that ballet has yes. dance shows or street dance is doing a lot of it now. Yeah. They have shows that exist. So there's opportunity for people to become performers, mm. but there isn't that for ballroom. So we yeah. want to create these kind of shows, like storylines, like musical theatre type shows
2: right.
1: using our syllabus, our ballroom dancing, yeah. and then teach kids in that way as well, yeah. so that, which is why we've started our dance schools, to teach kids in an environment where they're not having to compete against each other yeah. and they're not having to do exams. They're just doing it for learning it yeah. and you know, maybe put them in a position where they can go on to perform, hopefully in our shows that of we course. create. Yeah. Uh, so I, I want to, yeah, I want to disrupt the entire industry. Well, <laughs> to,
0: I can't wait to be a part of that <laughs> and watch you do that. Yeah, That's gonna to be create amazing. opportunity. It for sounds quite. Dancers. Okay, look, I know nothing about it, so I'm ignorant. But you know, it, it just sound, it does sound in a way a little bit old fashioned. You know, with social media, with online training courses and platforms and mm. stuff like that, and you know, YouTube. Yeah. It just sounds to me like you could go out and really make. Really change the change the world in this area. Yeah,
1: because also I think if if no one does it, strictly come dancing isn't going to be around forever. No. I mean hopefully it carries on for years and years. But you know who knows? In twenty years' time, strictly come dancing might not be a thing anymore.
2: Yeah,
1: I just feel like without strictly come dancing, the ballroom industry the way it is, the whole thing's going to die. Yeah, and I don't want that to happen. Mm. I want everyone to get the same out of it what I got out of it. because yeah. like I said, I came to a point where I didn't want to do it anymore, and then discovered a real joy in it yeah. and discovered like a way that you can really enjoy it
2: mm.
1: without having to compete or try and be better than someone else. Yeah. And, uh, that's, that, I want everyone to get that. Yeah. I want everyone to get that same fulfillment and enjoyment out of what I've done all my life.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. So the, but the industry has to change yeah. if, if it's going to. So, um,
0: was it really when you did strictly that the money started being reasonable or was it before that? I mean, I was making enough money in Burn the Floor. Mm. Not big money, yeah. but enough
1: to... Well, actually, mainly because I wasn't living anywhere. We were just on tour right. all the time. So I was just putting the money yeah. away. Um, yeah, my business really, partner,
0: Mark, Morris says the really great thing about working really hard is you can't go and spend all your money. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: But yeah, definitely when it started Strictly, that, it's a different ball game, um in terms of money. Yeah. Yeah,
0: and all the other
1: opportunities that it throws up as well. Yes. There's lots of stuff like people just want to hire us for... You know doing yeah. shows or or whatever, just doing gigs at events yeah. or um
0: um yeah I have you this know, real sense that you have this real sense that you know you've got like this window, yeah, that you really yeah really wanna cash in, and I don't just mean money, but I mean advantage of the opportunities yeah. that are there
1: I think it'll be, and I've seen a lot of people do this go through strictly. in in all the seasons there's been a few dancers have gone through it and I've seen them go through it and sort of live this high life of look I'm on TV and I'm earning good money and everything's great and then they're not on Strictly anymore like they don't get asked back one season or or whatever and then it's over and then they're like what do
0: I do now yeah because they don't know about business marketing, branding how to manage their money yeah Yeah. and I think
1: one for the ballroom industry to waste this opportunity of having 13 million viewers on a Saturday Mm. night on BBC One would be a massive shame if we wasted if this, if I window. had that slot, I'd be running my mouth right off. Yeah, I would be. Yeah, and also, you know, I don't want to waste this opportunity to set something up for me and Karen's future yeah. because I want me and Karen to have a nice future and have mm-hmm. a have a family and not have to just go back to teaching people in the competition industry. Sure, I, I don't want that. Yeah, you know, I want to do other things.
0: Yeah. Okay. Should we see what else we've got on this rather small yes. iPad? <laughs> <laughs> All right then. I know you didn't want me to ask this, but I'm going to ask it. How does it feel being the runner-up four times in a row? <laughs> well, give me the two answers yeah. you're thinking, because I know this. Yeah. yeah. So first and
1: foremost, bit like the bigger picture of it all is that, like, I don't care about the result anymore mm. because I'm not competing anymore. Yeah. That it's never been about that. It's it's about the entertainment mm-hmm. and it's about inspiring people and entertaining everyone at home. Yeah. That's what's really important to me. And it's also really important that. My celebrity partner, whoever it is, this, this last series was Louise Redknapp. Yeah. That she gets out of it whatever she wants to get out of it. And, yeah. and it's so fulfilling watching them go through it because yeah. taking Louise as an example, she had sort of, I don't think she'd mind me saying this, like zero confidence mm. at the beginning of the series. She was talking about how she'd gone through, kind of what you were saying about your fiance, mm. that she'd basically just been a mum and yeah. her identity was mum. Mm. And before that, she'd been this huge pop star. Yeah. And really successful, mm. and obviously Jamie's massively successful. Yeah. Um, but her identity for the last like twelve years or so has been mum mm. at home, bringing up the kids. And then she came into Strictly, kind of like, oh, I don't know if people know me anymore, yeah. or are interested in me, or everyone's going to judge me because I used to be a pop star, and if if they you know they might think I'm rubbish, and mm. I don't know if I've got any confidence to do this. And watching her go from that to by the time she got to the final, just totally, like, full of confidence mm. and love in life. Yeah. Like, really enjoying it and, and feeling all inspired it was so rewarding mm. just to be able to sort of give that to her. Yeah. So that's the main bit of what I really love about Strictly. Yeah. So the result in the bigger picture doesn't matter. In the short term... <laughs> <When> <laughs> that's the floppy bit. Yeah, that is the real thing. You're, when you're <laughs> stood there at the, in that moment... Again. Yeah, yeah. For the fourth year running... Yeah, yeah. And everyone has gone, oh, man, like three years you came runner-up. <laughs> yeah. This is your year. Yeah. I just know it. I just know it. you can't. It can't be four years running that you come second. Yeah. This is your year. I really believe it, that this is your year. And you stood there, and you know that like your partner has danced absolutely unbelievably mm. in the final. She's done brilliantly. And they go, right, this is it. And you stood under the light. Of course... Everything yeah. in me is going, please, for God's sake, just say Louise and Kevin. Like, yeah. please. And they go, it's not you, it's your sister. Yeah. Everybody celebrate your sister. Yeah. Your sister won. <laughs> she was the world champion in competitions and now she's the Strictly champion. Oh, and you man. came second again. Yay. <laughs> it's like, it's kind of, I mean, I was made up for my sister. Yeah. But it's kind of devastating yeah. when, when you're in the moment. Yeah. Because, well, I guess there's probably still a bit of competitive left in me yeah. from competition days, surely you but must also, need a bit of that yeah but i think also i think if there's a chance that you're gonna win even though it's not your priority like mm. i said it's not the bigger picture stuff mm. when you when you're in that moment if there's a chance that they're gonna say you've won the, yeah. the whole thing especially for the amount of work that you put into yeah. it and um how exhausted you are at the end of it mm. It would be nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it would be nice just to stand there as the champion yeah. and, and to put it on your CV. Yeah, of course. But, do, you, um, do you
0: know if you'll be in next year? Um, that-
1: I don't know yet. The, hopefully they'll start letting us know from quite early on this year, but I'm not sure no, yet. It's usually a sort of a clean sheet of paper every year. Oh, really? Yeah. 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 So um, I'd I'd be pretty upset if they didn't ask yeah. me back after <laughs> yeah, Been yeah. in the final four times. Yeah. But, yeah, we'll see. I've, yeah, I'll do it. Of course, I'd love to be yeah. in the next series because yeah. I need to win. <laughs> yeah, of
0: course. Yeah, yeah. Fifth time lucky. <laughs> So I, I think that's an amazing gift. I really we were talking earlier before we put all the, the gear on mm. about the reasons why we do what we do. Mm. And we're, you know, we're having a bit of banter about your four time runner up. But um, in my world and every world, I believe the greatest gift is the impact you have on other people. And I'm in the very fortunate position that on a daily, hourly, sometimes basis, I get the most beautiful emails from people saying, you know, the properties they've bought and the way their lives changed. And, uh, you know, when I started property in 2005, stroke six, it was like, I need this many properties. I need this much money. I need this many properties. I need this much money. Mm. And, you know, you get 20 properties, 50 properties, 100 properties, 200 properties, 300 properties, whatever, you know, 1 million, 5 million, 10 million, whatever. In the end, it kind of didn't really make much difference. What matters is all the people that you, you touch their lives in mm. whatever way. Yeah. And I really get a sense of that's how you feel about the show and, and what you do.
1: Yeah that that is sort of what it's becoming like that is that's the best bit mm. of strictly it's it's not really the the results although I'm yeah. very proud of making the finals and stuff it's it is all about giving them giving the celebrities yeah. something you can see you can see a turning point in them during during yeah. the series and they start to love it and they start to really enjoy themselves and get this sense of confidence out of it mm. and i just i just love that 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 happens like watching louise go from from where she was to, to where she ended up yeah was amazing. And mm. and they're always so sort of thankful at the end of it, like, thank you, this has been amazing for yeah. me and stuff. And, and that is such a massive reward. Yeah. And I actually, I actually find that a lot in when I'm meeting people in the property world, that people do seem to be really helpful. And, yeah. and I was so surprised about that. I don't know why. Maybe because I've lived a life of competitions all the time. Yeah. That people would be competing against each other. But the more people I meet in the property world, everyone seems to want to... Like, give their, yeah. their help and advice and knowledge and, and, and pass it on to you. And then they're sort of made up for you when you, yeah. when you do something. Mm. And
0: the property world is very much like that. Like, if, you went, if you're in the corporate world and you went to your boss and say, hey, give me some tips on getting your job because I'm yeah. after it. Yeah. he would tell you to piss off. But the great thing about property is when people get into property, they're at a crossroads in their life when they want something different. You know, maybe yeah. they want to quit their job or they realise like you, you know, there's a shelf life in their career where yeah. it's like I've got to look at the financial side of it yeah. or they want to pass something on to their children mm. so you know when we're all in that similar sort of crossroad space we're going to be giving and we're going to soak up information and also you know we're, the UK is a big place and there's a lot of properties in the UK mm. and I can talk to you about property and give you some advice because you're not buying down the road in Peterborough so no. there's the kind of like there's the, the logistical thing we're all buying in different areas yeah I mean if everyone was buying on the same street as you they might not be quite <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. might be like that competition Yeah, thing. but but yeah I, I found um, when I first got into project I was like wow people give all this information and for free yeah it was kind of like a, a yeah. weird thing
1: yeah but then also like with our dance schools that so we started our dance schools on the last school term to get it up and running and um one girl, she came, she was a bit nervous, and her, her, her mum came up to us at the beginning like, oh, you know, she, she's a bit nervous about joining, but she, mm. she's gonna, she wants to do it, and she's, she's going to join in at the back and whatever. At the end of the course, her mum came up to us and went, I just want to say thank you, because since she's been doing this, she's been so much more confident at school, yeah. her grades have gone up. She's been more active in things like the extracurricular things at school yeah. and like everything has just improved because mm. she's she's been coming here and she's made a load more friends here and she's just enjoying it and getting yeah. a lot of confidence out of it. Mm. And it was so rewarding yeah. when she came up. Yeah, I was yeah. like, wow, like even, even if everyone else in the class hated it, which yeah. I hope they didn't. Yeah. but um, <laughs> Just that that happened means that we've inspired this girl and everything's yeah. improved in her life because of it yeah. means we're doing the right thing. Yeah. And, and that's why I want to disrupt the whole ballroom industry because sure. I feel that like actually it made me hate ballroom dancing to a yeah. point where I gave up. And, and I saw a documentary the other day where it was following these kids who were doing ballroom competitions mm. and you could see they just hated it yeah like they didn 't it was their parents wanted them to do it yeah. they didn 't want to be they were hating the competitions they were coming off the floor didn 't get the result they wanted. The parents were on top of them their dance teachers were on mm. top of them. you did this wrong, you did that wrong that 's why you didn 't get the trophy and they were just hating it and um so i want to change i don 't want
0: kids to hate yeah. ball and dancing yeah. I want them
1: to love it in the same way that I do and the same way that this girl enjoyed it and everything's improved
0: yeah well you know the more I talk to people and the more I watch my kids grow up and everything else because obviously you know I'm trying to raise the next world number one golfer yeah a lot of the stuff you're saying is really relating because I just would hate for my son to think that I'm that parent who's putting a lot of pressure on him and I'm I'm really aware of that and all the coaches I speak to just make sure he keeps having fun just make sure he keeps having fun just make sure he keeps having fun yeah it's vital it is a I'll tell you what I've got a, a bit of a strong opinion on this it's a balance because if it's just fun and do what you want and fun and do what you want, if your parents hadn't pushed you a little bit, mm. maybe you wouldn't be it. Yeah, you know, because for sure. oh, you don't want to dance today. Don't worry, Kevin. Go mm. and go and do some carpentry. Oh, you don't want to do carpentry today, Kevin? Don't worry, go and play the bass guitar. If you if you have too much freedom, yeah. Because my dad gave me a lot of freedom, and I love my dad and everything mm. about it, did. But I got good at a lot of things and great at nothing because he let me try everything. Mm. And so he's playing in this Dubai Open. Yeah. And I didn't want to tell him it was a competition because I didn't want to put any pressure on him. I wanted okay. him to enjoy it. And we got there, and as soon as he realised it was a competition with kids, he started crying. Right. He didn't want to do it. He was because he's very shy. Mm. And you know, I was like, "What do I do?" And I was seriously even just thinking about like not letting him play. You know, just yeah. taking him away. Yeah. But I kind of had this moment where like, okay, this is like a crossroads because if I let him not do it. Is he going to be like that in every social situation? Because the reason he's like that is because he's kind of awkward around people Mm. because he's quite shy. So it took him ages ages to coax him into the first shot. The hole that he had the hole-in-one on as well. So he knew the hole really well he chipped the his second shot in for birdie and all of a sudden you could see the smile pop out and he didn't mean to show me a smile because he's supposed to be crying mm. but you know the smile bit. I saw that <laughs> smile you love it don't you I really want to win daddy but I think yeah. I still want to go back but I'm not sure And you know, by the <laughs> third he was absolutely loving it all the other boys are always really great with him because yeah. for me golf it's not just about being world number one it's not just about golf and winning it's about the social thing about mm. being around other people because yeah. in golf Virtually every kid he's played with And every parent of that kid Is just a really nice Well-rounded person mm. And um, So I'm glad I pushed him a little bit Yeah I gave him the back out I said look I'm not going to Make you hate this If you want to go we'll, talk, we'll do a couple of holes and see Yeah So have you got any thoughts on that Because you've been pushed But Are you kind of grateful you were a bit Or Not Or what
1: Yeah No I am grateful that I was pushed My mum my and dad definitely um, Kept pushing me when, when it was in the um, In the competition world also, my mentor, Jason Gilkison, I think he has an interesting, he strikes an interesting balance with me because he, um, like I said, he lets me go wrong enough and gives me enough freedom, enough rope mm. to kind of make mistakes and experiment with things. So it's not like everything's rigid and you must do it like this and you must do it like that. Mm. But there are definitely times when um, um, he's now working on Strictly as well. Ah. And um he sort of oversees all the choreography yeah. and does a lot of the group numbers, choreography mm. and stuff. He's just an absolute genius choreographer. Mm. And um sometimes I feel like he's been like overly hard on me. Like even even if sometimes I feel like it's not my fault, like I'm not doing anything wrong, but he's mm. like overly kind of like he'll start shouting at me and stuff. Yeah. And to the point where it was I think it was two years ago I had to have a little conversation with him and, and I said, Look, I appreciate like the it's your job and everything, but why, why are you being such a dick to me? (laughs) Like, like in front of everyone as well. Like why, where's, where's this come from? Like you you always used to be okay with me, like Mm. messing things up and and you would give me all this freedom to experiment and whatever. And it, and he sort of said to me, no, I want that. I I want you to have enough freedom to experiment, but I also expect you to be badass on the dance floor. Mm. And when I feel that you're going too far the other way, And are too relaxed in it yeah. because you think it's okay, you know, in this zone of being, oh, it's okay to mess Mm. up and it's okay, you know, everything's okay and it's all just fun and it's all just art and, you know, there is no wrong. You know, he said, he said, some sometimes you're not as badass as you could be Mm. and it kills me to not see you firing at 100%.
2: Yeah.
1: So... So it was an interesting balance, yeah. and, and so and then I sort of understood. I was like, "Yeah, I guess, mm. I, I guess you're right." And it did sort of kick me. And maybe I just needed a kick up the ass. Yeah. And I, I think the good thing about him is he knows when to,
2: yeah.
0: when to kick me up the ass, and when to let me mm. get things wrong and mess up. Very important to have those people around you. Yeah. Uh, just on the plane home, because obviously I just literally landed and jumped into this. Yeah. Uh, on the plane home, I watched Mr. Calzaghi, the documentary film about Joe oh, Calzaghi. Right. Brilliant, mm. and exactly what you just said. Enzo, his dad, had that relationship. Right. Would be really hard on him sometimes. Yeah. But knew he needed to get best out of him. And when you're boxing and someone's going to knock you out and the person you're yeah. coaching is your son, I mean, imagine that difficult scenario, that yeah. situation. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, I've got my fiancé, Mark, Catherine, who's our MD progressive around me, who they've we've got a good enough relationship and also they're strong enough personalities that they'll say, yeah. Rob, sort it out. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, don't crash your Ferrari into News International <laughs> building yeah. or don't say this or don't do this. Because yeah. it's always the ego that goes, uh yeah, because, you know, in, in previous experiences in my life, 10 years ago, when someone challenged me like that, yeah. I'd just be like, I, I'd either sort of run from them or have a massive argument with them. Yeah. And then I'm not surrounding myself with those people and I'm surrounding myself with people who don't challenge me and exactly. therefore I don't grow.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And that's why that's why I need to be around around Jason all the mm, time. Yeah. Because, because otherwise, yeah, I won't push myself mm. enough. I'll think that I am. Yeah. But then he'll always push me that bit further, mm. you know. So yeah. we've actually, half because of that reason and half because uh, we're basically just leveraging how good he is yeah. at choreography, we've hired him to choreograph our tour. Oh, great. Yeah. <laughs> because getting into the whole, um, I know this is you're big on this, the yeah. whole leveraging, yes. you know. Um, yeah. So I, was, I read your book yeah. and um, decided
0: that... Louise cousin, took the mickey out of you for reading my book. She did, she? she did. I, I really re- wanted Louise on the show. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was reading it I on do the train. You really. Yeah. yeah, we'll get yeah, her on. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, I was reading it on the train and, and she just went, oh, well, what are you reading? I was, oh, it's this book, Life Leverage. She was yeah. just laughing at me. She was like, what the hell is that? <laughs> but, where um, was it going? To, oh, yeah, so Jason is basically the best mm. ballroom and Latin choreographer in the world yeah. in, in my opinion yeah. and um, I think it's like going back to the art, being an artist thing It's mm. sometimes you, you want to prove that you're the finished article all the yeah. time, yeah. oh I'm like this as an artist and you want to prove yourself mm. rather than sort of learning from people as you yeah. were saying you wouldn't go around and look at other people's art and stuff yeah. because you wanted to prove like this is me and this is my yeah. art and I know best for my art Yeah, and that's what everyone's like in the ballroom industry and they try and do everything themselves mm. and choreograph everything themselves and um, so when we came to do our tour we've obviously leveraged you know promoters and producers and a director and everything to put the whole thing together so because there's better people at doing that than me
0: yeah and you've got to be able to focus on doing what you do best and if you have to do everything else and you're the sort of typical one-man band trying to do everything yeah which which was my
1: attitude before everything was about like I'm this and I create everything Mm. but it's just you just got to be open-minded enough to go actually in all the different areas there'll be someone who's better than you so we've hired Jason because he's the best in the world to, yeah. to choreograph the show yeah. because the choreography I mean we're sort of co-choreographing yeah but as co-choreographing with Jason the show will be much better yeah. than if I was trying to do everything myself
0: and um one of the great things about flying is you can if you if you're smart with it instead of just watching films you can watch a load of documentaries and I was so I was doing that and so um I watched one on Meatloaf okay and he was being interviewed in BBC and um Bat Out of Hell. I mean, it's not necessarily my thing, but I just love watching yeah. successful people. Yeah, I watch yeah, hundreds yeah. of bi- do- yeah. bi- bi- biographies and documentaries. And, yeah. Bat Out of Hell one. Um He had a um basically his his long time friend and co writer helped him on it. Mm-hmm. Was massive. Bat Out of Hell Two helped him write it. Was big. Mm. Bat Out of Three and his other albums. When he did it on his own, Meatloaf did it on his own. Kind of not so good. Yeah. And then when he gets his um you know co writer back yeah. again. It, his recent album, successful again. So yeah. working with good, smart people. Yeah. I think the sort of the entrepreneurial curse or disease is you feel like you have to do everything yourself or yeah. other people can't do things yeah. as well as you. Mm. But, you know, everything that you ever do in life and in business is a collaboration of sorts.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's sort of the whole, the whole thing that I'm sort of really learning now is, mm. is like I've spent my life trying to do everything mm. myself and trying to compete against everyone else, mm. ended up hating it. And then now that like, or since I've been working with people and, and just using other people's expertise mm. or, you know, helping in different areas, starting to do everything that I want to do yeah. and enjoying it. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And it's enjoying
0: about, it. That's yeah, important.
1: Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Just really ha- having a, like being clear on what I want to achieve, finding the right people to help me do it and yeah. And loving every minute of mm. it, which is what it should be about. Yeah. It's, it's
0: completely different to my whole yeah.
1: attitude for most of my life.
0: Yeah. and it's funny like you're saying that like even a part of you still thinks that's weird that you can actually achieve yeah yeah i supposed to enjoy it is it supposed to be easy am i supposed to be doing what i want yes yeah yeah yeah, it's mental it's it's,
1: it's mental and we've started these um these dance schools and um we talked about it for ages this is what we wanted to want to do we had this vision of like like i said already like creating these schools so kids could learn in a certain way Mm. so not in the conventional competition route yeah, we've got to do it. Yeah, we've got to do it. We know, we knew what we wanted to do. We wanted to have it in like renting spaces. We don't want to open up a dance studio in one area. Yeah. We want to rent the spaces and then bring teachers in. We'd create the syllabus. Yeah, know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. But we were sort of worried about, oh, it's, it's not, I don't know if we're doing it right yet. Um, I don't know. You know, it's not perfect yet. Mm. I, don't, I don't know if they'll like this. And then, two things we didn't really know how to run it as a business we know yeah. how to create the syllabus in terms of all the dance stuff and we yeah. know how to teach or we know teachers that can teach yeah. but we didn't really know how to run the sort of financial side of yeah. it or the just talking to different venues about it or we didn't know how to how to run the business and two things happened i was listening to one of your podcasts where you basically just went just get out and do it mm. and perfect it later yeah stop dithering mm-hmm. and Karen was actually I think we were in the car on the way somewhere and Karen was listening to it with me and at the end of it we both turned to each other and went alright let's just do it then let's just do it well the thing is
0: no one knows how to do it right when they first do it yeah yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger didn't know how to do the great things he got great I mean look at his first films he weren't a great actor (laughs) but he's the biggest actor in the world no one knows how to do anything perfectly the first time yeah and then, and then also, um,
1: as we started to do it, we, we started sort of putting it out there on Facebook, advertising it and whatever and going, right, this is what we're doing going, Oh, it, feel, it feels, a bit on the fly, but yeah. we, we, we really want to do it. And then a friend of ours just went, um, Oh, I've, I'm not doing anything at the moment. I've been, you know, just looking after the kids for a few years again, in that situation, mm. is there any way I can help at all? The project sounds really good. Yeah. And we basically went, oh, do you know what? We'd love some help. Um, what, this is what we're not very good at. And she was basically sort of, I guess, what Mark is to yeah, you. Yeah. She was the spreadsheet person.
0: She, she goes, <laughs> Everyone needs one of them
1: yeah, their yeah. yeah, she goes, I, I, you know, I just anything that's sort of admin and organising and dealing with people and, yeah. and, and, um, and making a spreadsheet about it. Yeah. I love doing that. Yeah. And we went, well, that sounds brilliant. So we just brought her in to help out. Yeah. Like, like to sort of do it with us and make the business happen. And she's amazing. Yeah. And she just deals with everything. Yeah. And, and um, she sort of makes her, makes that side of the business run. She's on top of, yeah. you know, booking the venues and mm. signing up kids and, and dealing with parents. And, yeah. and just that side of stuff that, one, we're not really good at doing. Two, didn't know how to do. And, and three, didn't really want to do. And not your job.
2: Yeah, yeah. exactly.
1: So we could just get on with Yeah you know, the dancing side of it. Yeah. And now we're hiring teachers to do that as well. Right. Starting to You leverage. know, I'd love to go on and on and on and on, and on. I mean,
0: this is like, must be our longest podcast. Sorry, I, don't, I know. Don't I'm be really sorry. sorry. Don't <laughs> be sorry. If people are still listening. They've loved it. If they're not, then they'll tell me. Yeah. All right, so... Um, Feel oh, free right. to edit out whatever you no, want no, to edit I don't out, edit. I don't edit it. I just like it as it is. So, should we do some quick fires? Yes. All right, so who and what inspires you? So,
1: Matthew Bourne and Jason Gilkerson. Yeah. As from the dance industry very inspired by Robbie Williams <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because he's Great an awesome performer yeah. that entertains everyone mm. whilst not necessarily being the greatest singer necessarily yeah. or composer of music he's not the guy a singer, to do that he? yeah. no he's mm. just a massive entertainer so yeah. I, i'm very inspired by him yeah and then just weirdly just just kind of you guys and what what you're doing and mm. and, and um the people in the property world and and just business people. Yeah. I, I read uh, Steve Jobs's book. Yeah. So yeah, just people like that business mm. people that seem to be able to, um, you know, Branson people like that, yeah. that, that can create a business mm. and, and, uh, have a clear vision about things and are not frightened to just get out and do it.
0: Yeah. Cool. What questions should I have asked you that I didn't ask you? Um, <laughs> I, I don't know, really. I, I think I've,
1: probably talked way too <laughs> yeah, much right, to be man. honest <laughs> uh, right, but, you probably should have asked me is there any way you can like not speak as much <laughs> no, no. <laughs> give it in shorter bullet Look, points <laughs> I've, had, I've
0: had a good time and we've, we've got more we've got dinner after this yeah what does the word disruptive mean to you this is called the disruptive entrepreneur mm. what does that word mean to you i think it means not
1: thinking in the conventional way not just sort of following the herd having ideas where you can change change a system, and do something that will do good, Mm. but in a way that maybe people haven't thought of before, not just following the same systems that
0: have been ticking over for a while already. Changing things for everyone. Love it. You gave your tour a bit of a plug earlier, but I want to make sure that everyone listening can follow you, make sure. So just tell everyone where you are, how they can contact you, follow you, stalk you, whatever (laughs)
1: else. So, uh, I mean, on um, Twitter and Instagram, I'm um, at Kevy Clifton or my wife is at Karen Clifton official on, yeah. but she's Karen Hauer, Karen underscore Hauer on Twitter. That was her name before yeah. we got married. We have the Kevin and Karen dance community, kevinandkarendance.com. Yeah. We call it the Kevin and Karen dance community, trying to copy the progressive community. Oh, <laughs> like, hey, call it what whatever want you want. Hey, we're all, <laughs> the, the, the,
0: this is just something actually quickly before we finish. And I've thought this over the years a lot. It is such so, innovation is easy. And, um, one of the best ways to innovate is to study other niches and disciplines mm. with an open mind. Yeah. So I've always been inspired by great music, great mm. art, obviously business people and great public speakers, great dancers. And sometimes a lot of people either put a lot of pressure on themselves that they can't innovate or kind of the thing you just mentioned is be like, ooh, I kind of shamelessly ripped that one off. Yeah. But you didn't. You're... you're you're in dance, we're in business, and you're just looking at something, you're thinking, that works, and I can make that work in mm. this niche, in this world. You're, yeah. you're taking a good idea, and you're putting your own flavor on it, and you're hybridizing it, and mm. that just makes innovation a lot easier.
1: Because mm, you're creating a great business, which works really well for you, but also it's inspiring lots of other people to do something about their situation yeah. and to create you know, whatever they want to create for themselves. Mm. So it's sort of like everybody wins. Yeah. So that's sort of, That's what I want to. Yeah, that's what I want to do. So I just want to copy your model. Basically, oh, well,
0: you're more than welcome to do it. Just keep doing it. And um, you know, I definitely. I went to the um, headquarters of Audemars Piguet. I did yeah. a podcast about it. And um, you know, like Audemars Piguet is a, a really high-end luxury watch watch brand. Yeah. You know where they're like thirty-five. I think their average watch price is about thirty-five to forty grand. Mm-hmm. You know. So these, you know. So it's like. I'd love our courses to be 35 to 40 grand each. So I can't exactly go and borrow their prices. No. I can't exactly copy what they do, but I can get inspired. Yeah. And uh, they picked us up in a Maserati Quattroporte. And, you know, like, I've got a lot of nice cars. It's not like Mm -hmm. wow. But what was wow was I was sitting there expecting to get picked up in a taxi. Yeah. And they picked us up in a Maserati. Yeah. And so I thought to myself, well, if some of our, you know, people who come to our courses come to the station... You know, and maybe last year or the year before, they're not expecting us to even be involved in getting them to the training suite, and I pick them up in the Range Rover with the property plate and everything else. Yeah. And I've, you know, have you seen with the Range Rover? I've written progressive in the right, Range yeah, Rover. Yeah, it's, <laughs> I'm a bit of a sad bastard, but but you know, That's we really pick awesome. them up in that, or I pick them up in the Ferrari. Even if it's just one person, I just one day I'll go and pick up someone in the Ferrari. Yeah. Take them to the course. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I can I can borrow that. Yeah. And um, just the way we had a guided tour with an old guy who'd been working for AP for like thirty years. We do tours here. Yeah. So I thought there's something we, and so I'm, I've come away so inspired yeah borrow loads of ideas yeah from them and they've invited me back to a private viewing um at the watch show so that's kind Amazing. of a, a cool thing to be part of but so yeah just to sort of reiterate that you can I've borrowed so many great ideas from the books I've read yeah and, yeah I'm um, inspired by music and art and everything else yeah so we've, we we should all get ourselves out there a bit more yeah. go to great places listen to great music be involved mm-hmm. in great art yeah you know I just one of the things I love to do in life the most is just to meet great people. Just yeah. You know, anyone in any walks of life. Yeah. Just meet great people who, you know, because they've got a great story and they've got ideas you can borrow.
1: Yeah, exactly. Mm. Yeah. And just borrow, borrow their ideas yeah. and, and just, work just with
0: give, people. If, if you've com- shamelessly ripped them off, you just give them credit. Yeah. You just <laughs> yeah. thank them yeah. for the idea and then they're, all, they're really happy. Yeah, so. yeah, exactly. So finally, do you think we're going to be able to get Louise and Jamie on the show? <laughs> do you know what? I'll, I'll put it to him. All actually. right. Yeah. yeah Jamie, I'm a big Liverpool fan. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. And she, she's quite a businesswoman actually. Yeah. Well, Louise, that's cool. Yeah. I mean, I'm not the kind of. I'm not a journalist. I've got no journalist background. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a guy who set up my own business, who's quite arty. Never looking to catch people out. I know a lot yeah, of people yeah. in the media are a bit like want to sort of catch them out. I'm never yeah. like that. But but yeah, sort of maybe a bit of a different angle. You know, I guess you don't normally do it. You were on. You were on TV this morning, weren't you? Uh, BBC Breakfast, and yeah. I guess this isn't the kind of interview you do on BBC Breakfast. No, no.
1: Now, this is why I was quite excited about doing this, really, because yeah, it's a, a chance different. to have a, have a quite open and honest conversation about stuff yeah. where it's not geared towards making a newspaper headline, Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. so... Um, yeah, which it can often be, sure. especially when Strictly's on. Yeah, you know, someone can interview you, and they're not really interested in anything you have to say, they unless want, they, they want can, to nick
0: that soundbite. Yeah, they yeah. get a
1: soundbite and put it in a headline and make a slightly different story out of it.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. So yeah, if um if we can make it happen, yeah, I'll that'd talk be, to him. That'd yeah, be great. Yeah, yeah. All right, Kevin. Look, it's been a real pleasure. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. I don't know how long we went on, like an hour and 45 minutes or something. Yeah, I'm so sorry for talking far too long. You've got the world record now for the longest disruptive entrepreneur podcast. (laughs) Yeah, I won something. (laughs) Great, yeah. So, yeah, look, thanks for coming down. Should we go and get Wagamamas? Let's do it. All right. Thank you very much. Cheers.